Welcome to Guys We Fuck. The Anti-Slut Shaming Podcast. Yo, you haven't said? I'm Christina Huffington. I'm Corinne Fisher. And I'm your boyfriend. Bring us your slutty, your horny, and your shame. Hey, you a slut? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, Earthlings. How you doing? How you been? Happy March. Welcome to another episode of Guys We Hugged. It's the anti-bad <laughs> girl shaming podcast. Mm. I'm Corinne Fisher. I'm Christina Hutchinson. Make sure you're following us on social media, guys. That's where all the th- most important things in the world are happening. And yes. it's the only place in life that has meaning. I'm at Philanthropy Gal on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. I'm at Christina Hutch. And together we are at Guys We Fucked Without the You in Fucked. On all those things. Make sure to follow and make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com uh, slash guys we we fucked without the you and fucked. Uh, watch our special that just celebrated a one day. year anniversary. Our special day. We have the dumb bitch woo woo hour. We have uh, a lot of stuff. And I also feel like we all are, said fuck within the first 60 seconds. 60 seconds because we're at a minute and 12. <laughs> right. So. Uh, exactly. Because uh, we, we just hit it now. <laughs> and um, it will continue oh, to be a problem. Um, if you want to send us an email. The email address to do that is sorry about last night show at gmail.com. Oh, and also, too, um, a way to get instant advice from us is at the end, last Wednesday, usually of every month, we do a live episode of Guys We Fucked on YouTube only. So that's another reason to subscribe to our YouTube channel because we have call in episodes on our YouTube channel exclusively. And we figured out, and by we, I mean Mike, figured out a way to filter the vocal, the, the audio from the call into the mic so that it sounds better. Got so, a different board. Not for nothing. <laughs> the audio quality is better because I did get a couple messages from some tech nerd people that are like, excuse me, but I noticed that you're holding the phone up to the microphone and you don't have to do that. And I was like, yeah, thank you. We you're knew right. we didn't have to do it. We just kept missing a part every week. Yeah. yeah. So... Thank you. Anyway, today's subject line, caught my boyfriend sexting his ex. Cute. All right. Hey, Corinne and Christina, love you both and appreciate your wise words. Hoping you can help me with this. The other night, I had a gut feeling to look at my boyfriend's texts. I never, I've never done this with him after being together for two years now. I've always trusted him, but for some reason, I had a feeling, and boy, was I right. I saw sext exchanges with a woman who, after reading through these messages, realized is an ex of his. These texts were insanely explicit, mainly on her side, but he played into it pretty heavily and sent her a dick pic back in October. She sends him videos of her fucking some dude. Ooh, fun. He called her a cum queen. Cute. Which was previously something he'd call me as a sexy nickname, but now that's ruined. Yeah, that's dumb. You can't call two girls cum queens. <laughs> you got, if you're well, they call can't me, know about yeah, it. Yeah, you got to hide that shit. Like, be, men are so bad at cheating. Uh, call me, uh, called her cum queen, and then that nickname's ruined. It seems to go back as far as we've been dating. These messages were periodic, maybe once every few months, but they seem to get more and more explicit. Because he got more and more bored with you. Mm, <laughs> it does seem like that's what happened. <laughs> Life sucks. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and it doesn't get better. <laughs> this man moved to where I moved back in July after we were long distance for about nine months. We just barely moved in together in November. Yet the whole time, he was doing this with her. He swears it was just 
pornographic outlet. He didn't even really picture the person on the other side, except when she sent him videos of fucking her fucking a dude. But the day I had that gut feeling, I had been doing an overnight clinical for nursing school, and he tried to sext her while I was away. She didn't respond in time, and they didn't exchange anything that night, but the fact that just in October, they were knee-deep in sexting, fucking sick. The worst is if I hadn't caught him, he'd still be doing it. He blocked her, deleted her number, and says I can look at his phone whenever. Mm, that's super healthy. Bad pattern. But I'm still so hurt. It wasn't physical to my knowledge, but I don't trust him right now, so why would I believe that? He swears he loves me, only wants to be with me. Nothing is missing in our relationship, so why? Just for porn? I mean, possibly, yeah. That's what porn is for, and I'm it's, more... Girl, be, be serious with yourself. It's way more fun to sex with an actual other person than you know than to watch porn. Yeah. Like, this is the part where just, like, women, like, just... just level down. Sh- like, come on. Get get on the level. Be serious of, yeah. with yourself. You have it in you to, to understand what's happening. That's what porn is for, and I'm more than okay with him watching it. He says he's sorry, and it's the biggest mistake he's ever made, and I oh, believe he's sorry, so but corny. why couldn't he have thought about me in the moment because he wasn't he was horny yeah and you weren't there yeah and the blood went to his dick instead of his heart it makes me feel so disheartened because i really thought he was so perfect no one's perfect i hate the idea of starting over because of this quote if this perfect man would do this to me i think anyone would we are so compatible and truly he treats me amazing i'm used to uh used to very contentious relationships and he's always been so patient supportive and kind i mean that's that's a big thing. We have so much fun together and I've never been more in love with someone. I just can't stop thinking about it. Is it stupid to forgive someone for sexting their ex? P.S. I know this isn't very support girls of me, but holy shit, this woman is hideous. Hmm. <laughs> Rare. Wouldn't you rather be sexting a... And I'll go. Men always cheat down. And yeah. we've been saying this for months. Even though I don't know that I qualify this as cheating. But um, from what I this know. This is cheating. From what I know about their relationship, she's already, she's also really toxic. So I don't feel bad saying that. She knew about me the whole time too. So fuck her anyway. But also but fuck so him. so did he because right. he was dating you. She has no obligation it's, towards yeah, it's you. Not on her. She has zero obligation. Yeah. She doesn't have to be like women helping women at all. And she wasn't. And that's fine. Um, would it be better if she were hotter than me? Gag. I mean, no, the fact that you're you're in you're in, in love with somebody that you feel so compatible with and this is a I'd be curious like why this is what I would want to figure out like why were you doing it? And I would also look at like our sex life. Was our sex life dwindling or suffer, suffering in any way because if he it was, was doing I'd it the pissed. whole time though. Right, right. But I don't know how their sex life is. You say you're compatible, so I assume your sex life was good. Um, uh, that's the problem you for me. I, I don't like that he was doing it the whole time. Yeah. That, that's the only problem I have because then there's dishonesty for the entire length of the relationship. Yeah. If it was something that just happened for during a period of time, like a year in or something, that to me a lot more manageable with all the things that you're saying about him. I don't necessarily think that you should break up with him again. Uh, I mean, it depends like, you know. I would. I, don't I know would break I up would. with him. Yeah, I think I would too. But that's also. I. I just don't. I don't care enough about being in a relationship to put up with this. Yeah. But that's a decision only you can make for you. And I think that I'm very far to like whatever. I don't know if it would be right or left, but I'm I'm very far on the edge. Um. So most people I don't think would agree with my my stance for disposing of people. <laughs> um. <laughs> this is grounds for a breakup, though. I, I, I think I, oh, this is I mean, cheating. If this were if I this agree. were me and I discovered this, I would be like, okay. 
This isn't what I thought it was, and that's very disappointing, but we're going to end things now so I can start healing, and I'm going to erase you from my mind and pretend you never existed. But out of all the things that we hear on this show, I think this is something that if you made the decision that you wanted to keep stay in the relationship, I actually don't think it's like, I don't think you would be a dumb bitch to stay in this relationship. I think it is certainly manageable. My issue is, you know, I'm guessing you're, 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 you're writing us so soon after that that the emotions are still high. Yeah. The thing is, though, if you are going to stay in the relationship, you have to make the conscious uh, effort to and forgive. decision to forgive him and yeah. then actually do it. Because yeah. staying in the relationship and then, like, you know, holding him, you know, on a string the whole time is that's going to be awful, a fucking nightmare for both of you. So you have to, like, if you're going to stay in this, you have to like start healing and start making this work quickly. That doesn't mean like, oh, he's completely eradicated immediately. Immediately, he should have, you know, he does need to earn your trust back. Um, and I'm and he should be he knows that. Yeah. And but, he, you should even give that responsibility to him if you want to continue together and say, hey, tell me how you can earn my trust back. Because right now I can't really see it, but I don't know that I want to end things. So what are your ideas? Make him fucking do the work. He yeah. did the work sending all his dick pics. He can use his brain to figure out how to mend your relationship. You'll never, to you'll never fix it. You'll never to fix it. I actually I disagree. I usually like- always think it's a breakup. I actually think that you can if you made it. I also don't know how old you are, yeah. but I think that you can. I, I do think that you can if you make the conscious decision to forgive him, you can because it just depends like how much something like sexuality with someone else bothers you. Right. Because it's pure, it is, it's pure pornographic. So if they weren't exchanging anything about like care for one another, I do think it is actually, I actually know someone who got past something like this. Oh, Um, but you know, yeah, it's definitely doable. It's definitely doable. But man, what a, what a, what a, you can't, can't call your, he can't call you cum queen ever again. Yeah. That sucks. That sounds like, that's a bummer. And it also sounds like, Oh, the other areas of your relationship like he's delivering in a way that you really like and so he lines up with all of it except you know the whole him sexting his ex for the last three years yeah don't you hate that when that happens well best of luck and let us know what you do I'm curious I'm curious the path that you take yeah this show is sponsored by better help getting stuff off your chest is incredible. It's so therapeutic. We all carry around different stressors. Some of them are big. Some of them are small. A lot of them are very big. Uh, But we keep them bottled up and it could start affecting us negatively. And then we act like a jerk to the people we love. And we're like, this is not how I want to be. Therapy has saved my life personally. There are so many benefits of it. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Although if you have experienced major trauma, highly recommend. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designated to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you could switch at any time. Finding a therapist is like dating. They're not all going to work out in the first try. BetterHelp understands that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash guys to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash guys. Guys, the weather's getting warmer. It's time to say goodbye to your jackets and all your sweaters. And you got to refresh your wardrobe. Well, luckily... 
I found Quince. And now you have too, because you're listening to this. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you go to their website, the amount of categories, they have travel, lookbooks, men, women, home, babies, and kids – their stuff is so cute. So I own a couple items from Quince, and one of them is the Italian leather handwoven crossbody purse in green, emerald, and I get compliments on it all the time. It's a small purse, which I really love because then I don't put as many things in it. Um, guys, Quince is amazing. They have very luxury items for very cheap prices. Get warm weather ready, baby, with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash GWF for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash GWF to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash GWF. And come see us live, guys. Vancouver, Canada. I'm at House of Comedy March 16th through the 18th. Boston, Massachusetts. I'm doing Laugh Boston April 14th and 15th. Edmonton, Canada. I know I'm, I'm supposed to say the province province, and not Canada, but you know what I mean. Comic Strip April 20th through the 22nd. Detroit, Michigan. House of Comedy April 28th and 29th. And then Philadelphia. If you're in Philly, me, 11th, 12th, or 13th, I am recording my debut stand-up comedy album at Helium, one of my favorite clubs, and I'm going to get another tattoo at that same tattoo shop that I got a Wawa tattoo at. I don't. I have an idea of what it's going to be, but I'll unveil it that weekend. Um, yay. And then uh, I have a Patreon that you can sign up for for just $5 a month. You get a, an episode of my solo podcast, The Voices in Our Heads, uh, each month. And then you get four, up to four um, Zoom group therapy and quotes because I'm not a licensed therapist and I have one tonight at seven. They're usually usually Mondays, uh, Monday nights, East Coast time. Uh, but then I pick a weekday or a weekend once a month. So sign up for that at patreon.com slash Christina Hutchinson if that floats your boat. All right. And then Dublin, Ireland, uh, Monday, April 3rd. I'm playing at Whelan's. Uh, you can get tickets at whelanslive.com. You can go to corinnefisher.com and, and, and go to the live section. You can go to the uh, link tree link in my Instagram bio, uh, which is at philanthropy gal. There's so many ways to get tickets. It's also on Ticketmaster Ireland. So that'll be a really fun fun time one show only no shows are being added no other dates are being added that's if you live in ireland and you want to see me that's the only time uh probably for many years uh, if we're being honest that i will be there uh so that is the time to do that and then without a country specifically the episode that is available now on youtube the most recent episode uh is so important to me and i would love for you guys to go take a listen um i have an amazing drag queen guest on it her name is izzy uncut uh if you guys are keeping up with the news. There's a ton of bans and bills being introduced because conservatives are now targeting drag. They're trying mm -hmm. to make it sex work, which it it just is not. Um, uh, and so uh, we had a really deep dive and did a main story on that. Uh, the episode is called Drag Queens Are the Mascot of Capitalism. It's episode 162 of Without a Country. I highly recommend watching it on the on the YouTube channel. Yeah, uh, you can with it, which is just at Without a country um subscribe while you're there uh because there's so many visuals uh and there's a lot of funny moments um and I, I just thought it was important to have an actual drag performer come on and speak um to what's happening um because even though i have been to you know 50 plus drag shows in my lifetime 
nothing compares with actually living in the moment. And it's also extra fun when just someone is in drag to have a conversation with them. But I think that's really important. Uh, and thanks so much for everyone for supporting that show. So many of you listen and I, I really, really love, love it. And I hope that it's helping you to become a more critical thinker. Um, but of course, if you just want to listen to the audio, it's also on Luminary and Spotify and Apple podcasts and all the places where you listen to podcasts. Um, yeah. That's that for my plugs for myself. Um, all right. For this, uh, I don't know if you had something that you want to go over. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> so I saw this, uh, tweet from Neil Strauss, um, the author. I mean, the game, I guess, is his most famous, uh, book before I went to bed last night. And it said, do you want to be liked or do you want to be effective? You can't have both. And I've been mm. thinking about that all night because God, I mean, that's me in a nutshell. Uh, obviously, you know, it's effective, not liked. Um, and it is. I, I just think for like a larger, like it's a larger conversation that's especially important to women. And I see it so often. Um, you know, we talk about likability and women on this show a lot and in general as a society but it it really just like it was like I just wanted to put it out into the air as kind of like a PSA or a reminder that part of the reason uh women are like held accountable for being likable is because people know how effective we would be if we weren't concerned with being likable Mm -hmm. and women do it to each other all the time every time I'm on a podcast I mean honestly you know it's well it depends what we're talking about but like just as many women as men will make comments on you know me not being likable it's like (laughs) wasn't I wasn't trying to be likable I was trying to be effective and I was trying to uh, convey what I came to the show to convey my profession is not professional likable person most comedians I would actually argue and especially male comedians are actually some of the most unlikable people on the planet but how come especially when you get to know them yeah but how come it's acceptable you know for men to be unlikable but then women you know, and I would argue if you find women comedians less funny, it's because they have in their brain, they're also having to think about being likable, being hot, being young. And guess what? That's all energy that's taken away from being, being funny. funny. And it's, and also being likable is not funny. Mm-hmm. I've never met a likable person and been like, wow, they're hilarious. They should try stand up. It's very, very rare. Yeah. I, you know, silly people are likable. Hilarious people, very, very rarely likable. Um, and I mean, I think a perfect is, is example. I mean, Louis C.K.'s latest special. He plays Madison Square Garden. He comes out in the fucking dis- most disgusting outfit I've ever seen someone perform live in, like an old ruddy sweater, a dollar T-shirt, jeans from God knows what the fuck year. He's, uh, you know, he's unapologetic about the crimes of his past. He's, you know, like he makes a joke about, you know, oh, you think so much for supporting me i'm sure there was at least one person um who in your life who you couldn't tell what you were going to do tonight you know (laughs) and that was even a step down because i mean like (laughs) in his uh in his last special yeah he was even less you know less attempt to be likable or apologetic and listen i don't I don't, you know, whatever. My feelings on Louis C.K. are separate. I was like, all right, well, you know, you, you don't have to not apologize that much. You still did fucking take your dick out in front of a bunch of people who didn't ask for it. So let's not get too cocky there, Lou. Um, but, uh, 
you know, uh, it just reminded me uh, about, and I thought it was a perfect example of likability. Yeah. And so, like, you know, men and and other women in your life will continually try to make you feel bad or make you feel like you need to adjust to be likable. Uh, but that's them taking away your power. And so, do whatever you want, obviously. But I mean, it's a it's a trick and it's a trap. And um. Uh, and, and a great example of going the opposite direction for a woman, I think, is, you know, my favorite example is Amanda Seals makes no doesn't even want to be likable. And I think to me, that's what makes her so likable. Mm. I fucking love Amanda Seals. And I mean, obviously, it has, you know, her she's huge. Her career is incredible. Uh, her following extensive, you know, so it, it it is possible to have the career that you want um, without worrying about being likable. He also goes on in the post to um, say. The more effective you are in the world, the less liked you will be. What are you willing to stand up for? Uh, to answer questions, you know, that you might have. Number one, you can still be likable. That's not the same thing as being liked. Um, so, I mean, I know I hmm. used it a little bit interchangeably. Uh, I don't know exactly what he's talking about on that one because I'm like, I kind of do, but I'm like, I think being likable and being liked, like, I would actually say it's harder to be likable than to, be liked like I consider myself to be a person who is liked but like less likable I don't know that's a bit of semantics there yeah uh number two just because someone is famous doesn't mean they are inspiring change I (laughs) absolutely fucking loved that one really hit home for me um and then number three this is important many who used to be effective many people who used to be effective and received criticism for it have opted uh in their dotage to be liked and safe instead that to me is a lot of women. I see a lot of women take, uh, you know, and, and it's because we are pummeled with feedback we didn't ask for. And so I'm not even criticizing you if you are someone who has adjusted to be, um, I'm going to say likable. I, I don't agree with that. Number one, one uh, to be more likable, uh, to make your life easier. It is extremely yeah. difficult to go through life as an, an unlikable person. Uh, but you know, th- I, I I think every now and then check in your in in with yourself. What did you set out to do? What is what is your motivation? What are you trying to achieve with the work that you're doing or the person that you are existing as? And see what spa- like places you adjusted to make yourself more likable. There for um you know watering down the message or the purpose of your life because I bet you will find many aspects that you did that. And I even check in with myself. You know, sometimes I'll be like wanting to post an, you know, a fucking Instagram story about animals and how I think you're a terrible fucking person if you're buying a puppy mill dog. And I really do. And I know that I really try to see the the sides to everything. But that's just one that I'm like, I just can't see the other side to that. I just I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that was a fucking bad move. And your dog's rules still, but you suck. Um, and I, every time I want to post something like that, I go, oh, but lots of people are going to have puppy mill dogs and that's going to make them feel bad. And I go, yes. well, maybe they should feel bad. <laughs> maybe, maybe they, they already did feel bad, feel bad. And, they, and they got over it. You know? yeah. yeah. So um, so that's kind of like my thoughts on that. And then number four, uh, I maybe you. Oh, that's just him him criticizing his own grammar. So we don't need to <laughs> go, go into that. But I just I thought that was like a, a really great point and something I certainly think about a lot. But I think like applying uh, effectiveness uh, or, you know, thinking about how effective you are in your life versus how likable you are 
very, very important. And especially online, like if you're a person who lives online in any way, uh, both men and women will criticize you in a way that you will want so badly to make yourself more likable, or perhaps you will, maybe you won't. Um, and in reality, they are just t- trying to t- take away how effective you are being. Mm-hmm. And especially as you're far as the patriarchy is concerned, and again, overused word, but it does have meaning in this, in this context. Uh, that's what men are doing. Men know exactly what they're doing. Men are not stupid. And they love that women have started this narrative that, oh, men are just stupid. They don't know what they're doing. Men know exactly what they're fucking doing. And part of what they're doing is making you feel old and unlikable Mm. and less worthy. Therefore, making you less effective so that you're more easily easily controlled. I'm I'm sure of this. So do with that information what you will. Happy Friday. Uh, yeah, I have nothing to add. Uh, our guest this week, she is a she's in her second appearance on the podcast. Um, the first time she came on was about a year ago uh, with her first book, By Yourself, The Fucking Lilies. She's the author of the forthcoming book, Glow in the Fucking Dark. It should is- be available now as you're listening to it, for, to, at least for pre-order. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's available everywhere, she said. Uh, uh, yes. Um, Buy Yourself, The Fucking Lilies was her first book. The second book, Glow in the Fucking Dark. Make sure you go get it. And while you're at it, welcome to the show, Tara Schuster. Since I saw you in the brown eyes, been holding my mouth tight. You make me smile. It's been a while. Can't help myself. Cause I love it when you show off your tattoo. Got everyone looking at you. I thought I was strong, but baby, you're bulletproof. Think I had something to say, but some got my way. Next time, I'll be straight to the you spread in your way. Butterfly, butterfly, make me open up my eyes. Thinking I'm about to die. Something so kind could ever do this to a man I'm losing my mind too Coming unglued The way you're talking to me About the things you wanna do You think you got me anxious I'm trying to make sense Saying what I think I can to get a reaction I need to go up and take you out in your black dress Yeah, that's the truth Hello, everyone. We are here with author Tara Schuster. Um, your first book, By Yourself, The Motherfucking Lilies. And then now your second book, Glow in the Motherfucking Dark. I added the mother part. Um, welcome to the show again. We're so happy to have you. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. I like that you chose a difficult route, which we also did too, which was putting fuck in the title of everything oh, you do. It really adds an extra headache to people everything. People can't say it on television. Yeah. You can't write it out. The people don't want to promote it. Yeah. Everyone's we- like, Ugh, what are you, a whore <laughs> who wrote a book? Like, Please, can we actually talk about this? Because I just realized that nobody else feels my pain. They're yeah. like, I just, you makes can't me be just on wanna, TV. Like, yeah. Makes me just want to write a book just called Cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and see how far I can go with it. I feel like that has to exist. Has. Yeah. Someone has, has to. Someone had to do that. But like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's just such a... 
I don't know. It's like it's such a babyish society. I think like you can't curse. I mean, with the actual, there's like literal horrors going on in the world, and fuck is the the battle that we decided to fight. I'm like stupid. The Earth is burning. Mm-hmm. Ukraine. We're in a full scale war. Yeah. I can't say fuck in yeah. the title of a book. Like this is the most innocent problem. Yeah. Like, yeah. Are you kidding? And I know yeah. enough kids whose parents say fuck <laughs> and they don't say it. So it's like uh, it's possible. Yeah. You know, you can say fuck in front of your kids and they can understand that they can't say it just like you could drink a beer in front of your kid and you, they can understand that they don't drink it yet. Yeah. You know, that said, next book, not going to have fuck, fuck, fuck in fuck, the fuck, title. Fuck, fuck, fuck. No, I'm actually I surprised that you didn't learn your lesson from the first one. <laughs> the, the publisher, I'm going to call them out right now. They oh. wanted, I didn't want fuck in the title. It was a huge. Oh, oh interesting. Oh, yeah. It was a huge, huge thing because I was like, oh. oh, speaking, going on TV, any of that stuff. But Mark Manson did it. <laughs> think- Mark Manson's book. <laughs> yeah. It's very popular to have fucking uh, a title these days. Yeah. People, but then, you know, there's like the camp, there's still the camp, the prude camps of people who are like, why can't ladies talk like ladies? Yeah. It's like, shut up. Just eat a fart. I like it though. Like, Mm -hmm. I like the title, and I was ultimately, like, it was um, a line from my proposal, was glow in the fucking dark. So it wasn't like, they came up with it and they were like, you have to use this. It was right. something I It wasn't like they took something that you said regular and then they're like, "Let what, what if we had a fuck to it, Tara? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I don't know. So this book is about healing your soul, which I'm all about. Oh, and we were talking earlier before we started recording that uh, the um, hashtag journey <laughs> to working on yourself when you have like a big misalignment and you like kind of been lying to yourself your whole life about like a big thing, which my, a lot of people have. Like I don't know, I would say anybody who's has like childhood trauma or some fucked up shit that happened to them when they when they were kids. Like as a coping mechanism, your child brain does you solid by kind of lying to yourself. But boy, unlocking those lies, man, makes you want to die. It makes really you want to fucking die. Um, and I wish that we gave people more of a heads up on that because it's so worth the trip. To do it and the world will benefit because you will benefit and everyone around you will. But um, but it feels like death. I mean, I'll just jump right into it. There's a whole chapter in this book about my tr- my trouble with suicidal ideation, which I've oh. had my whole life. Mm-hmm. And basically what I'm trying to say is it's not totally irrational. Right. There's some of us who have been through things so terrible that that like little kid self they just want to end the pain. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, yeah. like I have um I was super abandoned and neglected as a kid and that little 5-year-old who mm-hmm. just hasn't had a minute to grow up. Like that's definitely what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Her pain is so unrelenting that when she's activated, I want to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you it's know? hard to, di- to differentiate yourself. And then once you figure it out, like the mechanics of like a traumatic thing that it happens to any person, whether it's childhood or, or adulthood, because traumatic things will happen to like the day you die. Right. But it's like, okay, like understanding when that feeling comes up, you go, oh, wait, there's distance between me and this feeling. This isn't an actual reality. This is me being in a place where I can handle the feeling. Yes. And yes. so I can process it. Yes. The difference between being totally overwhelmed, blended, like I can't see past this and oh I'm like mid 30s Tara who like understands more doesn't mm-hmm. need to I use this line in the book if it's hysterical it's historical mm-hmm. then I'm able to see like oh man this problem with my boyfriend has nothing to do with my boyfriend it has 100% to do with my dad wait, wait you know like oopsie poopsie most right. cliche thing in the world but until you can see it you actually can't act differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're overwhelmed and you just can't even see it. Yeah. It feels like you're on a hamster wheel of hell yes. until you figure out, oh, 
exactly. This is old shit. Exactly. Copy that. And so what, like, for you, what was the, like, impetus from, for writing this book after completing By Yourself the Fucking Lilies? So what's, like, what's the difference? What have you learned between these books? Yeah. So By Yourself the Fucking Lilies was basically... I realized I was miserable, like 10 out of 10 miserable with my life. I figured it out. It was my 25th birthday. I drunk dialed my therapist threatening to kill myself. Mm. And I realized. Cute. I know. I'm like, I, I'm like, I believe I remember you saying gal. that. Yeah. 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 Episode. yeah. Yeah. It was a, yeah, it was a lovely little incident. Do you remember what you said? To the therapist, yeah, on the voicemail. Vaguely, it was like something like, "I'm, I'm suffering. I hate this. I hate yeah, my skin. Yeah, yeah. I hate. I hate. I hate. Yeah. I hate." It was. I mean, I would walk through the streets like West Eleventh Street. I'm like, I'm, I'm ugly. No one cares about me. No one loves me. I'm disgusting. I'll never succeed it, again. Yeah, tormenting. Tormenting, and I was 25, and I thought my life was close to ending. Yeah, and that next morning, I realized, oh, if I don't save my life. No one's coming to save you. Nobody. Yeah. Dude, that's There's a wild nobody. thing to realize. And so that morning I realized, okay, I need to reparent myself. I grew up neglected, psychological abuse, all that stuff. Cool, cool, cool. That's not my responsibility. Yeah. I, like, sure, I could blame my parents up and down. It just doesn't do anything. It's not going to help me. Right. And so the journey of Buy Yourself the Fucking Lilies is just learning practical tools to gain stability. Because mm-hmm. stability seemed like an insane proposition that I could never have. Right. You know? And yeah. So it took me five years to figure that out. It was actually – it was just a Google Doc mm-hmm. where I wrote down – you know, all the questions I had about how do you take care of yourself? Like, what are values? What are principles? Yeah, no one teaches you that shit. No. Oh, some, no one... some people have parents like, like, you have parents that were like pretty instructional and gave you like yeah. really helpful life tools. I mean, values and principles are also like, you know, I think they give suggestions and then I ultimately picked. I also have also, even since I was a little kid, had like been really good at critical thinking Mm. and I didn't realize until I don't know like last year that (laughs) most people even as adults are not really able to critically think and this is not me like calling everyone stupid this is just a fact oh yeah no tolerance for it well well it's also just like not a concept that many people's brains even get to I Mm. didn't have that so I was asleep at the wheel until 25 yeah right my life was just happening to me I didn't understand I had any agency or choice or could change things right until that morning where I was like actually it has to change or I won't be alive anymore yep yeah and so that's kind of the the whole thing with Lily's was finding small like big picture stuff scares me like if you were like (laughs) feel joy i'd be like cool what are steps one through five like that makes no sense to me <laughs> yeah. you know like that's actually why i don't like most self-help because mm. it's like let go cool of course okay. <laughs> like, How? who doesn't want to let go yeah. you know um and so by the end of by yourself the fucking lilies i felt stable content i was like Ooh, oh that. my oh my god i'm not like on an emotional roller coaster every day mm-hmm. and then the pandemic hit nice okay. right then and Comedy Central, where I'd worked one third of my life. Third, fuck. Where people in a high up position, toward, with some good yes, motherfucking shows. Yes, with some cool shows where, like, that was my whole identity. Like, I would be introduced Tara Schuster, Comedy Central. Like, mm-hmm. it was my married last name. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And it was, but it was this magic trick. It was like, look at me. I'm talking to David Spade and Jordan Peele. 
don't look You're over like, guys, here. Guys, I'm doing really great, yeah. okay? <laughs> yeah. Sure. I'm so fucking great. I'm so good and I'm not a weirdo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, my job is awesome. <laughs> I like that you added and I'm not a weirdo because I was like, well, in comedy, being a weirdo is actually a bonus. It's a plus. But to my friends, to like, to my, like, to people like, who I wanted to prove. Oh, you still had like regular... Schmegular friends. About, at the bottom of all that is proving that you deserve to be loved, right? One hundred percent. So fucked. And yeah. That, and that, like, oh, my childhood wasn't like odd, quote unquote, like because I had a better job than you. Yeah. I had right. more status right. than you. I'm overcoming you. my fucking yeah. yeah. And Obstacles. so then they laid my ass off. Yeah. With no ceremony. There's like bye. They didn't wow. give you a reason, yeah. or they basically got rid of. I mean, I don't want to. They got rid of a lot of people. Yeah, no, so I cleaned yeah. house a couple times. Yeah, yeah it, it yeah. wasn't personal. All my heroes got let go at the same time yeah. too. Yeah, but, that helps a little bit with it, oh, I guess. Sort of. Yeah. But I, your ego, it's like a death of the ego where you're like, oh, I can't derive my happiness from these egotistical um, yes. feelings. I'm, I had no idea who I was if somebody else wasn't defining me and if it wasn't in relation to status, which I thought was higher than everybody's else. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that led to. We thought a lot alike. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like a lot of people think this way. They think like, yeah. oh, my identity is completely tied to this external thing that makes me good. What happened was I totally all the darkest traumas that I had not really addressed during the time I was writing Lilies came surging to the surface. And instead of pausing for one goddamn minute to reflect, I was like, cool, cool, cool. I need meaning. I need a meaningful life. What can I do? And I Googled, how can I help in the 2020 election? Because that was, Mm -hmm. if anyone recalls, a big deal. (laughs) Big, big deal. First, essentially first Google search result is you can help by registering voters in Arizona. I was like, cool, grabbed my Vitamix, grabbed a <laughs> bag of books I would never crack open, head to Arizona. That so screams, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, so I'm you fine. literally just went to Arizona. I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm going to I'm gonna help. I'm going to help save democracy. Like, I'm on it. Yeah, like another. You're, you're repurposing the energy yes. that's, dwell- that's 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 uh, boiling up inside of you. Yes, yeah, yeah. to find meaning yeah. in something that is outside of myself right. and on the road to Flagstaff. I had the worst dissociative episode of my whole life. So where like, you know, I'm driving, I can see my hands on the steering wheel. Mm -hmm. They do not appear to be connected to my body. I'm feeling full body sick. I cannot stop speeding. I am starting Mm, to get... I'm like in this weird, numb, terrified space. Yeah. And I realized I have to pull over. I I cannot overwhelm my way through life. I cannot hustle my way. I cannot productive my way through my life. Something has to change. I pulled over. It was late at night because, yes, I was being a safe driver (laughs) during this whole thing. And the stars were out. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's because L.A. we – basically can never see the stars or that these were particularly nice stars. Mm-hmm. But I looked up and I'm just like, fuck. Mm-hmm. These stars come together because of pressure and nuclear reactions and all these horrible things that you think would make something like burst. Mm-hmm. But instead they they glow. They actually glow. They actually like light the way for anybody. And I just wondered they- Glow in the fucking dark. I think they everybody. do glow in the fucking gentlemen. dark, actually. That's everybody exactly I'm what fucking where, stars where do. We're going here. Ladies and gentlemen. Shine on your crazy goddamn guns. <laughs> exactly. And the only other thing was, as I, you know, as I was there, I was like, and you know what else? When people talk about stars, 
they're not they're never like stars have moral failings they right. didn't get their to-do list right, done right right mm-hmm. like no one they criticized. just exist they just exist there's mm-hmm. no opinion about uh, them right yeah. other than whoa what a miracle yeah. <laughs> like, sure. you know so, yeah i totally got into thinking about big picture things when i, I had a bunch of disassociate dissociative moments where you're like oh oh that's scary that's not good but then you yeah there you think about like the solar system or like i would cut open an orange and just stare at it i'm like this is fucking perfect and beautiful and it was once a seed right i will be fine and i i couldn't um trick myself out of that because we are literally made of stars like not in a cute like oh i wrote this on a mug yeah. like the atoms and molecules yeah yeah, yeah. like the and iron get, in not your like blood. a moby gwen stefani yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> what a great throwback <laughs> yeah so moby and gwen. if that's in me mm-hmm. then i can't outthink myself of thinking i'm not good enough because Dude, yeah, there are literal miracle star in me. And if I can just hang on to this and believe what is already true, I bet I'm going to have a different outcome. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole question of this book is, do I have an essential self? Do I have a soul? Uh, is my soul so fucked up that mm-hmm. I cannot hear it? Can I trust myself so in any kind of way? You literally were questioning whether or not you have a soul. Because I know yes. a few comedians who don't. But they yes. should, though. They should question if they have I a soul. I questioned yeah. if I had a soul. Yes. When I, and the bigger question was, mm-hmm. I thought if I did, it was really, really bad. Right. That was the bigger mm-hmm. thing. That's the shit, man. With 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 when if you know if you grow up with a, somebody in your life, like an adult figure in your life, like treating you like even the neglect and stuff. A kid just goes, I guess it's me. I thought I and was. Then you, yeah, I thought I was. Worthless. If you go into your thirties with that, you're like, fuck. Well, I mean, I think you know, I, I I do believe that there are people with bad souls, but I think the very thought that you are questioning whether or not you have a bad soul kind of is the answer that you don't because yeah. someone who had a bad soul would never even think to ask that question it's like the narcissist thing if you're mm-hmm. asking if you're a narcissist you're yeah. probably not yeah. right right yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right so what can, can like medically uh, can you do you know like why disassociative episodes happen do you know the medical explanation i don't know like the total i know um like i'm gonna butcher it to some extent mm-hmm. but basically it's my coping mechanism so i don't have to be in reality mm-hmm. so it takes me away from the present which kind of works. Oh, so it's like so it was useful. common when people are Get being sexually abused and, and, stuff. Yes. and stuff. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. PTSD. Yeah. Um, just to like zoom out quick. I'm not here. I'm not here. I'm not here. Yeah, mm-hmm. and when and when you realize you've been doing that, you're like, oh, that means I have to not do that. That really sucks. But when then it's like it, basically you're preventing yourself from feeling like the flood of emotions. Yeah. And exactly. uh, the best. The I, I I recently was in Winnipeg, Canada. Shout out. And uh, I did the Nordic Spa. I did the cold plunge. And cold plunge is actually really good for people with PTSD because it like your nervousness. So what it does for Wim Hof wrote a whole fucking book about how the cold plunge will help you with your anxiety or depression, all this shit. And um, but it feels like when you finally don't disassociate, it feels like you're 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 in freezing cold temperatures outside naked and about to step in ice water. And you're like, okay, my God, okay. And it's wild. It's wild how visceral it is. It's completely, and it's so much better now that I know. So I thought doing all this work was going to kill me, overwhelm me. Mm. I I was on a good enough plateau. Like, I had money and savings. Like, I could get another corporate job if I wanted to, you know? And I thought if I really dig deeper, this is going to be too overwhelming. I'm not going to be able to do it. I've worked so hard already. I wrote a fucking book on this. like, how mm-hmm. could there possibly be more to do? And, and now yeah. on the other side, having dealt with, I no longer have dissociative episodes, knock on Thank God, yeah. all of the wood. 
good of the world. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, this is an easier way to live. <laughs> I like, would say, yeah. <laughs> like this is yeah. 10 times easier than constantly not knowing my feelings, not dealing with them, pushing them down, not owning them. Oh and wow! Not hating yourself for like dis- for for preventing you from kn- knowing how you oh, felt. Yeah, and You're like you have the therapists are always like you have to really give your child self a pat on the back because you were doing yourself a solid by pretending. I'm like, okay, I get it, but it sucks. It, and it sounds so lame. Like when like the major thing I learned through this process was I can't hate myself into health. I can't reject mm-hmm. myself into self acceptance. Mm-hmm. I actually am going to have to learn how to accept me, mm-hmm. and it's so cheesy. And who would want to do that? Because that sounds so lame. But now I actually know. It, like you can't push away your anxiety. You cannot push away your depression. All those parts of you you hate. Yeah. There's no way to soothe them or come to peace with them by pushing them away. It's also I'm realizing as I live my life and also with working with Corinne, frankly, that it's just not normal to hate yourself. Right. But it, but but the thing is, it is if we're going by numbers. Right. Well, societally, like what's how I should didn't you know be? that. So that's my problem is like <laughs> my problem is like I, I'm just walking around for years being like, why is everyone acting like this? And then I'm like, oh, it's because everyone hates themselves. Whoa. And then people act, you know, uh, certainly are very um, responsive to me. <laughs> right. But I'm like, I feel like I'm not. Like, I'm not trying to start shit with people, but people don't like when you feel good and then you say it. And it's not like I don't, like, get depressed or I'm not sad or I don't have plenty of my own struggles in my life. They just seem to be, like, different ones. And I – so half the time I'm just, like, walking through life being, like, I – nothing that anyone says feels meaningful to me. I mean, quite frankly, this I mean, is, every now and then, like Alanis Morissette can nail it a bones. lot. But I mean, I, I feel like there should be, more, you know, I feel like then when you have to reach to like an Alanis Morissette album, that there should be someone maybe in your real life right. saying something that resonates Fingers with crossed. you. But I don't know. So a lot of times I'll just go back and listen to something I said. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I, like, honestly, very helpful. I'm like, yeah, good advice, me. Thanks. <laughs> good job. I go, wow, Stand I really nailed it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I I don't know, but yeah, a lot a lot of people hate themselves and it it just makes everyone else's life unpleasant. Oh yeah. my. That's my that's why I would like to eradicate it. Right. Well, that's why like you can <laughs> literally make the world a better place yeah. if you stop hating yourself. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It, that's honestly one of the best things you can do for the not for the environment physically, but like <laughs> <laughs> for, for humanity. Let's just say that, not the environment. It, it was so cold this winter because everyone stopped hating themselves. <laughs> wow, we finally got snow. Uh, but yeah, it's like the best thing you could do for the world is to not hate yourself. For That's sure. the number. Yes. It's like I want to scream it from yeah. every rooftop because we all talk about with thinking about global things like how am I going to fix like these big, big issues, which, yeah. yeah, we really do need to fix the big, big issues. But how about you could start literally right now today yeah by not hating yourself because you obviously act out in ways with your whole community yeah. and you know people be projecting oh my god and everything it's, it feels like every interaction someone's just projecting and i'm like wow it's hard for me to almost differentiate an actual fight where someone's really mad and they're mm, they're saying how they right. feel or are they just fucking mad at their dad or whatever totally. like their ex or something you know yeah. people don't think about if you're not dealing with your own trauma i bet you all your friends and family are dealing with it. 
Yeah. Because you yep. you mm-hmm. have no idea. You're not in control of it. And you're acting in ways that suck. That are embarrassing, too. Yes. And then when you, like, kill yourself, you look back and you're like, oops. Oops. Oh, I did so, all so that sorry. in front of people. So people, they have so much agency. That's the other mm-hmm. thing I just want to scream is, like, you have so much power. Sure. The whole world wants you to think you don't have power. Yeah. Because yeah. The There's system, industries based off exactly, of it. Exactly. Yeah. But you do. Absolutely. And you could change everything if you could change yourself. And you know you can change yourself. Like, right. I now know how much change I'm capable of. So even when uh, two weeks ago I was like super depressed, acting shitty, caught myself, was like, Mm, oh, I can change this. I'm said my apologies, you know, like I own I that was me. I was acting out of place because I was reacting to this whole other thing. I'm so sorry. And let me work on myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's once you think you have a good soul, which now I do think. Nice. You just. I'm not that defensive. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. My soul's not, my whole personality and being is never at stake. So I can take feedback. Self-worth. My self-worth is never on the line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. It is exhausting. It's weird. It's like you have to walk this fine line, though, too, of working on yourself, diving into all the parts you don't want to look at, shining a light on them, but also like making sure to take time out of your day and week to not think about yourself oh, is yeah. so goddamn exhausting. So I'm just like, I don't want to think about how I function in the world and how I relate to everybody for one second. To- like, That's why I smoked weed, but I'm like, I also don't want to disassociate, like, or, you know, kind of numb out, but I'm like, I need to just stare at a wall for a little bit. That's why I got into rollerblading and weightlifting. Well, we need that. We yeah. need fun things that have no, like, um, They're goals. Just They're simply just fun. fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I get a lot from readers. Oh my God, like, I'm off my journaling practice. I feel so terrible. Like, I haven't woken up on time. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. The just giving point. yourself reasons to shit on yourself. Uh, yeah, the whole point of self-care is to take care of yourself. It's actually even... Not to stress you out more. And right, it's not right. that serious. Right. Yeah. Cool. No one's going to... Like, the teacher's not going to be like, <laughs> yeah. where's your homework? Yeah. Yeah. And the fact You forget, that, though, sometimes. You're like, right? wait, I could just do what I want? And Okay. That's and, my favorite. Like, yeah. I'm like, you know, because, like, there's a lot of this talk about, like, you know, adulting and, like, how people don't like it. I'm like... And that's also to me is like, I'm like, I love being an adult, doing whatever you want every day. And of course, there's difficult things. Right. um, You know, and paying bills and, you know, balancing your check. That's not that stuff's not fun. But I think like the payoff that you get doing whatever you want all the time is so awesome. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's great. (laughs) Oh, you couldn't pay me to be any younger or like to ever go back because now I'm like, oh, I know myself. Mm -hmm. I love myself and I can say that without cringing. And I'm in charge of me. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really nice. You know? I yeah. do think, though, like, it's so funny because I see, like, Corinne has always been in a place where she's, like, always known she was. So, so that was never in question. And then so, like, I, and I, like I've been on this thing where I'm like, okay, I'm here. Oh, I'm fucked up. Okay, got it. And there's just years of, like, crying and screaming and then going, oh, okay, I'm an adult now. I can have, like, big girl pants on and do things that I don't necessarily want to do, but they're I got to do them. But then I worry that I am headed for this mental place of like realizing that most people don't work on themselves and they're all full of shit you gotta like uh, somehow develop a sense of humor about that oh because it can i imagine it can be very distressing well i'm trying to talk about suicidal ideation in a way that's funny yeah because i'm like there's just enough tears already sure you know i have merch that says congrats on not killing yourself but i'm like i really mean it i it's hard life is hard merch that's like one of the truer statements i've heard (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people resonate with it i'm like oh fuck it's dark out there (laughs) (laughs) y'all more people are suicidal than i thought it's true and nobody talks about it yeah 
And then people say stuff like, oh, you'd have to be so selfish to kill yourself or like, oh, they weren't thinking about your family. And then I want to scream. Yeah, that makes me want to kill myself even more. Being born is non-consensual. No one can fight me on it. I mean, that's part of the reason I don't want to have kids. I'm like, why would I do that to somebody? (laughs) I had never thought of it from that angle. Unless you had a dream where someone was knocking on your womb like, mommy, I want to come to the world. Excuse me. Wait, what? Like, what if you had a dream where, like, your future kid was like, Oh, if I had, can you I, have me? I don't believe too much in, in actual dreams. I mean, the mm. dream I had last night was, like, wild. So it has, and it's not, no, no basis in reality. Yeah. It's, like, representative of other things, you know? It's all a metaphor. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, you know, so that's why, you know, people are like, oh, you have to do all this for your parents. I'm like, listen, and I love my parents very much. I mean, my dad's dead. So the, that love is, you know, gone. Um, it's still there. <laughs> it but died with it's him. It's not as active. You know, it doesn't right. have to be as active anymore. Uh, but <laughs> he, uh, yeah, it's I don't I don't know. It just feels like no one who who asked for this. Yeah, I'm here. So I'm going to do the best with what I have. But it's not like, oh, my God, life is the greatest gift I've ever been given. And we got it. So now what? Right. That's the whole thing that I'm after. Like, you know, I'm not I didn't go to like theological school. I'm not a psychiatrist, not a psychologist, whatever. My only question is, like, how the fuck do I make meaning out of this thing? Because this thing is happening. Exactly. So is there a way for me to enjoy it? Like yeah, a, any amount. and there is like that. Yes. And that's, that motivation is a damn jetpack. Yes, back. yes, and like, that's, there's got to be a better feeling than that's this one. <laughs> what I hope that both of my books give is just like here are a few ways this could be more enjoyable. You could have more sure. agency. I don't know that they'll work for you. I have no idea. Yeah. This is just what like I've observed. Um, because we need meaning. Otherwise, why not just go jump? Like, yeah. if you don't have sure. something to, like, tether yeah. you. I mean, that's, that's the, you know, man's search for meaning. That's I mean, the, that's yeah. the whole, I didn't want to quote it, but, like, the whole absolutely. Thing. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And you can create meaning. Yes. And you can yes. find new meaning, and your meaning evolves. All the time. Yeah. But feeling, yeah, feeling like stuff's meaningless is, whew. Dark. That's a dark, that's a dark day and you just order Chinese food all day and smoke weed and watch reruns of shit. <laughs> so because this is a relationship and dating podcast, uh, are you, were you in a relationship while writing this book? At points. Interesting. Can you talk a little bit about that and maybe how that, um, just because I think especially for women, um, so much of our societal value does unfortunately come from whether or not we are coupled. I highly disagree. We've been talking a lot lately. Um, I highly disagree. I've yet to have an instance where I felt like I actually had more value having a a partner, um, a romantic partner. so, yeah, can you speak to that yeah. and how it affected your writing? Absolutely. I mean, a big reason I fell so apart without the Comedy Central job mm. was I was uncoupled, uh, uncoupled. I did not have kids. I had mm. none of these other markers of what I thought it meant to be like a successful woman. Mm-hmm. And it, so then I was like, so really, what am I? Because all I have is me. Yeah. But, well, then what did you find? Yeah, exactly. And what was the. So the answer was, wow, I have me. <laughs> and I'm pretty awesome. And <laughs> I'm sure. with me and I'm with the universe. A lot of this is actually finding like um, a bigger belonging that has nothing to do with these like incidental incidents. I call it Lady God. Um, I'm like aligned with fucking stars and Lady God and the universe. And that makes me like a much bigger thing than just this like teensy little me who needs to have a bridal shower, basically. Right, right. But there's a thing in the book where I was dating a guy who he he told me he was like a magnate from a you had like a transatlantic accent. And oh, wow. I, I'm going to take care of you, sweetie. You Whoa. know, <laughs> like, but literally. Stick with me, touch. Yeah, I got you. He's like, you're the best. Yeah. Like, 
Where did you meet this Are person? Are you my new daddy? Hinge. I mean, boyfriend. Yes. No. I. I was like, okay. Hinge. Wow. Hinge. Okay. I was like, he, I'm angle you towards that. Yeah. I was like, he's rich. He's Ooh, rich too. He's obsessed with me. All he wants to do is oh have my God. kids with me, which I don't know that I want. But like, he wants that for me. I was so flattered. There mm. is something so. Uh, yeah, I don't even know the word, but yeah, about having Sus- someone being it. No, I, a positive about oh. uh, like enticing about someone being obsessed with you. I love Ab- it. If- my therapist goes, "You like that?" I go, "Fuck yeah, absolutely." <laughs> I was like, "More people need to like that." <laughs> I was obsessed with but how it- much he was obsessed. With yeah, me. but there's yeah. Then sometimes if it starts out too heavy too soon, you're like, okay, this is well. All of a sudden, yeah. he's needing twelve hundred dollars to tow his <gasps> oh, car. Oh, he rich, from the oh, he's a Netflix documentary. That's a Tindler he, swindler. Yeah, was something that's the hinge cringe. I call him the real Gatsby IRL. I do not know entirely what his deal was, but it was so bad. The and whiplash. He knew to 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 lure you in. Exactly. He wanted to use, yeah. Those exactly. motherfuckers know what a person wants to hear. So I took a they year off dating. I was just like, peace after out. After this guy. After this guy, I was like, peace out. But how many you times? Immediately, though. Like, once he asked you for money, yeah, you like, were like, I'm done? No. You okay. didn't. So I just I, kept going. intoxicating, the obsession. Wait, can, can we can we break this down a little yes. bit? Because I'm curious, because I always think it's very helpful to to, uh, to hear other people's accounts of them falling into this thing, because it's hard. You can't see the forest through the trees. Yeah. But when you hear the story, you're like, oh, the, those are the flags. Those are the flags. Yes. Those are the flags. Okay. So, like, were, how, you know, in what other ways, like, did he shower you with gifts? Gifts. God, this food. is like, Textbook. Like meals. what level? But so okay. What level so of gift and what level of yeah? Like meal. we'd go to um, all time a restaurant in Los Feliz, and he would Is that order. A fancy one? It's like what a Los Feliz person. It's like mm. low key fancy. Okay, uh-huh. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he'd order. Everything on the menu, mm-hmm. like one of, we'll have like basically one of everything. This is te- like there's so many guys that and, do this shit. And he, the biggest thing that I was just ig- willfully ignoring was these half truths all the time. Like what? Like we'd be somewhere and he'd tell someone, "I bought my house," but I knew he rented. Or he'd tell, uh, and you wouldn't bring it up. No, I wouldn't say anything. Mm. Like always, these just little. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, or or he said he went to high school in Denmark, and then a friend asked him, "Oh, like what was the name of the school?" He's like, "I don't, I don't seem to recall." Oh, what? Wow. <laughs> You're like, you don't seem I don't to recall. recall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now get back in that kitchen. And then, so I'd hear these willfully ignore it because I wanted to be, I wanted to be wanted, and I did not care about right. anything else. You were like, la 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 la. Totally, totally. And so at the end of it, I just felt so just like, how did I do this to myself yet again? Because yes, Mm. he was. Yes, he sucked. The the answer is simple, though, really. Right. The answer is he 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 dangled something in front of you that felt good. Yeah. And I wanted it. You you believe what you want to believe. Exactly. And so I then took a year off and I only recently have emerged into dating again, but with a matchmaker. Ooh, that's I'm very like, interesting. I want to get into that, but I just want to yeah. F- yeah. tie, yeah, yeah, yeah. tie the swindler up the, guy. I got more questions. Just because, okay, so where was he getting that money from? Other women, other women, right? So I actually think he was wealthy, but he was on an allowance. And that uh, he would run through. <laughs> that's some fuckboy shit if I ever heard uh, it. Yeah, I think he. And oh my, my mom gives me 20K. Like, that's so funny. I went to his family's house. And I checked rich. out. Okay. I, you know, looked at the Wikipedia page. That checked okay. out. But at the end of the month, 
we couldn't go to dinner or he needed money. That's hilarious. What, what was the most amount that he asked you for? I think it was 1200 It was wow. 1200 or 1400 For what? For, and for what? Did for he... towing a car. <laughs> yeah, because for me, the minute someone asks me for money in a romantic relationship, yeah. I usually would give it to them one time, lose total respect for them, and then walk <laughs> yeah. away. Well, I would yeah. never ask a friend. First off, yeah. like, I, I mean, I would have to be in such dire shape. I've had friends ask me for money in, in ways where it didn't, it didn't bother me, and they all paid me back right away. I have I had hadn't been in that position, yeah. mm-hmm. and I would myself in a romantic thing that had been less than six months. I would die before I asked a guy for oh, money. Oh, that's insane! Oh, yeah, yeah, that's die. Nuts. Yeah. When you when you broke it off with him, how did he take it? It was so weird. He was like, really? He was weird. <laughs> he was like sending me flowers and these weird. Oh, it was the beginning of the month. Well, <laughs> <laughs> must have been. He gave me. This is the ultimate weird thing that I write about. He the whole time refused to read my first book, Lilies. Okay, and I really wanted him to because so he just didn't get around to it. He actually ref- he, he refused. He said no because he I will said not stand for this. He said I want to respect your boundaries. That's to which I said you were asking him to read the book. Yeah, I make my own boundaries. Right. I am asking you to do this. No, no, I, I just I want to respect I couldn't your boundaries. Read. I couldn't possibly one day I'm he's about to throw a party for no reason like this Hollywood <laughs> That's so Hills That's some rich com- I mean literally like Mr. Monopoly was there there was a man with a monocle like oh my God. <laughs> like okay. from, a, from a former life of his oh wow I was insane and he's like I, I have a gift and it would mean so much to me if you would take it I'm like okay I open this thing it's my book <laughs> Except he's written all over it, it and it. put in stop passages it. from Russian literature okay. over the pages and has like glued um, leaves. Cara, <laughs> I hate this guy. He's going to kill you. I'm yeah, so glad he, you left. He, it was. This guy's a murderer. It, it was at that moment where I was like, um, this is really weird. And he like had the look in his eye of like, you love it, babe? He said it, um, it was something like it would mean so much to me. If you would take this, take like, my wow. own book that you like that you, defaced. Yeah. Wow. And that was the end. Oh, and, boy. Yeah. And that whole time I had felt so anxious about him. Yeah. I actually started seeing a psychiatrist because I was like, I've done all this work. Is it me? Yeah. yeah. Why am I 10 out of 10 anxious every morning when I wake up? Why am I startled? And like, you know, my yeah. heart is racing. Because this and, person is not a safe option. Well, so she said, I don't think you're anxious. I think you're furious. Oh. And I was like, oh, you were allowing yourself my like- God, I wasn't allowing myself. A lot of us think we're anxious. But really, if we asked what's underneath of it, mm-hmm. it was that I didn't know how to express anger. I had really? no practice. Mm-hmm. So pushing something down feels like anxiety. It, right. it feels bad yes, that way. That's mm-hmm. a good point. And so once I could kind of identify that, and that's a huge part of this book is actually learning how to label your emotions. Ugh, right. Because it actually pretty quickly changes your whole life. You're like, oh, wait, I'm not anxious. I'm furious. So I can break up with this right, guy. Because it leads mm-hmm. you to a solution. Exactly. Almost immediately. Immediately. Yeah. And that's actually when I broke up with him was like, whoa, he is, I'm justifiably so mad right so it is now time to break up with you yeah Mm -hmm. and yeah he sent me flowers he um actually very recently sent me an overnight ew like from like the hollywood hills to like (laughs) to like west hollywood (laughs) of all these pictures of me Uh, 
And oh my god, and, like oh, something Tara. like this I is love an episode you. of you should move, girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, but and what, I know he's not as hot as Penn Badgley. No, he's not. Yeah, no one is. So and it's an impossibility. I'd it's probably true. accept Penn Badgley. Actually, yeah, I'd probably like, be like, well, be a little whatever. But well, there's that. What was that fucking movie on Netflix where the guys like eating body parts? Penn Badgley could literally eat <laughs> half Dexter. of my leg, no, and I'd be like, I'll waddle around. Yeah, yeah. He was hungry. It's a real sickness. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So he's gone. He's but out he of still my life. Pokes you a little. Well, you know when a guy just kind of fishes. Yeah, they're like so oh, desperate. Like five to six months later, I had this happen recently with someone else. Like five to six. I was listening to NPR and I thought of you. Yeah, cool. it's like a. Hey. Yeah, like, is that always hey. crazy though? Because every now and then I do hear something that makes me think of someone, and I will reach out, but I'm not trying to fuck them. It depends how well, it you're ended. a girl reaching out to a guy or to a girl, so it's like it's different. I feel like when a guy does that, oh, and there's a motive. I was like, amicably, fuck, I gotta stop doing that. <laughs> no, like if it ended, like oh, we're we're not gonna burn each other's houses down, right, 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 right. But if it ended in a I've weird never did way, anyone who owns a home, to her, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Neither did have I because he was renting. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so now you have a matchmaker. Yes. That's very interesting. Can you talk I'm about that very process? fascinated by yes. that. I think that's a great idea. Yes. Because it weeds out swindlers. Well, I was like, okay, Hinge has not worked. I have been on it for at least a decade at this a point. De- wow. Yeah. I didn't even know it was an app for a decade. Yes. I've been there. I've wow. been in these trenches. You cut the, you cut the ribbon. Was <laughs> yeah. it the yeah. opening ceremony? <laughs> you had the ringing bell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You were the first profile on Hinge. First one. <laughs> that actually would have been dope. That's yeah. hilarious. And there probably were good people like way back when. But right. now I'm just like at the bottom of the gutter with like the same people I've seen before again and again oh, and again. Oh, shit. And I'm like, yeah. why are we all here? Yeah, mm-hmm. and also, what's my personal responsibility? Which is why I took the year off to like figure out my shit. For sure, I was responsible for this too. Yeah, and I came out of it being like, I'm also addicted to Hinge. I'm addicted oh. to people liking me, and then I say nothing to them and delete the app. Yeah, mm. that is fun. <laughs> And I, I also fun. I also was watching I think it was Jay Shetty and I, I don't necessarily know these really famous internet type people I don't necessarily know how I feel about them but I'll take a little from everyone and he was talking about how we have too many choices as human beings and and choices actually have a negative impact on on human beings and how we kind of just need to like pick someone and work on it which I mean uh, I, sounds I, a little bleak but I also get the when he I said it. it I was like oh gosh um, that's just I, I'll just pick me I think but um, I I understand what he said because I think that's like part of the reason people complain especially in, in LA and New York about dating is because we have too many choices here absolutely had I stayed in New Jersey I probably would be married right now absolutely mm. and I think I was also you know it's a profile mm-hmm. and I'm like was looking I'd be totally like, honest how, like we looking at your own profile like how do you th- how do I think guys see me mm, they must think I'm this and this and this well more like what okay what school did the guy go to do I mm. think he's employed like my standards do I think he's Employed. Do I believe I love dating in says. 2023? Yeah, it was like my standards were so low yeah. and I was expecting so little from people um, that I was just like, okay, this is not working. It's not a good f- a foundation to start on. I need a matchmaker and I found this woman in LA. Sophie loved the matchmaker and she, so 
oh my god what's her like what's her does she have a like a niche a tagline like, yeah yeah <laughs> so we go and get it <laughs> you have a fuck tonight girl but in a good way I think we Not need financially to, we need to tell her that and that can be her tagline <laughs> yeah because she doesn't have one but her approach is like why don't you meet these people for real and not banter with them and not like have a completely superficial uh, conversation? Why not just be real from your first date? I would yeah. love that, but people get scared when you start out with the real shit. But I've, then no. bye. I've terrified people before. But like now what I realize is like, cool, bye. Then yeah, you're not right. for me because right. actually I'm at a level her. now where I really want to talk about real stuff. And I, I had this happen very recently where a guy hadn't texted me back he had texted me every single day for like a week and then i didn't hear from him for two days and i was like oh my god why isn't he texting me i don't deserve love i knew it i knew it i knew this was (laughs) ruined and like former me would have just continued in that doom spiral sure me now with sophie being like why don't you just say how you feel i was like hey wait i can do that you know is that's legal i won't be kicked out of the state for this or kicked out of dating and i said hey you know i i'm just noticing there's a change in how we're talking and it's totally cool if you're not interested i just would want to know he was like no 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 i'm so sorry it was a work thing immediately called me Mm -hmm. said Wow, that must have been hard to write that text message. That's Whoa. so cool. How often would you like to be texted? Whoa. Mind Weird. blown. I was like, oh, a guy who's like communicating with me. But had I not. And doesn't label your communication as nagging. Yeah, exactly. Or like, I'm yeah. so needy or I'm what a bitch. Like yeah. all those things. And then I realized, oh, my God, there are guys out there that are of quality. Yeah. And I would have never known that. I might have even preemptively broken up with him <sighs> yep. had I not That's just. Said oh, you're going to hurt me? I'll hurt you, you first. See you never. I'm out of here. <laughs> but also, I think sometimes, like, especially, I think women, we do this is like, you know, especially if they start the pattern of texting us, we don't realize that we could also just text, text them too. Them. Oh, te- I know. Oh, I know. Isn't that crazy? Them. Oh, I could have texted so many guys. The conversation. Be like, you never text me. And I go, yeah, no, no, I know. And I don't intend to. <laughs> I don't intend to. That's your job. I'm not doing it. But I let them know that, you know, and they yeah, go, it goes, nice. it makes me feel bad when you don't text me. I go, ugh, me existing in the world makes me feel bad. <laughs> So we're going to have to split the difference. <laughs> um, what, how, so how many dates does this, like, how does this match make it work? You say what you want and then yeah. she hooks you up with like a certain amount of dates a week. Yeah. Or? So she, she has like a set number of dates she's going to do. She always does more, but basically, so she zoom interviews you, but here's the amazing thing. She zoom interviews or in person interviews every single person you're going to match with. Good. That's good. So she has done the weeding. Yeah. There is one that's step the of like, part. oh, this person isn't going to be a crazy nightmare. Right. Because um, that can make you give up on humanity real oh, quick. Which Dating I is so exhausting. And yeah. how much, like how much paperwork or, or how much talking did you do to, like about like things that, you know, when you see a matchmaker on TV, they're literally like height, eye color. Yeah. Like no. what kinds of things did she ask you about what you want in a partner and do, were there like a list of deal breakers or yeah it was mostly I was like I want to be I want to be somebody who I can grow with who's done a lot of work on their self, mm-hmm. themselves who is emotionally intelligent available can communicate it was like completely different from what college did they go to how much money do right. they make it was all it was like a wildly different approach because her approach is it's this thing that she calls authentic relating where it's like authentic I love yeah that. like you actually talk about stuff basically yeah. that, that's what oh. it is because yeah. I was like mine is like like so specific at this point it's just like zaddy with tattoos mm. who rescues dogs Ooh, <laughs> but that's... also th- thinks I'm hilarious or you yeah. know they don't I 
I think I'm I'm think I'm done people who themselves are hilarious. I just mm. I'm just gonna be the funny one, I've decided. Right? Yeah. I also realized with funny, funny used to be one of my number one things is like he has to be funny. And then And I, not anymore. Not <gasps> anymore. Oh my god. I'd rather I, him be authentic. No, not that either. Oh. That we can big dick? laugh. Oh. Actually it's big dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's been added Orphan. to the list. Yeah, exactly. Um but that just we laugh at activities. We do things that are fun. Oh, right. Us, okay. Right. But like he doesn't have to be the funniest person who's ever lived. Having right. a fun boyfriend is very fun nice. Boyfriend, fun boyfriend. I gotta say. Yeah, fun yeah. boyfriend. I have a fun boyfriend for the first time ever. I'm like, wow, Ooh. this is the way to go. Yeah. A fun boyfriend so much more than like listening to the Decemberists like so sad. <laughs> I right. always hated that. That, <laughs> that was my, that was my yeah. usual bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A sad sack of crap. <laughs> sad is no fun. We could be yeah. sad together sad. and go wah, wah, wah. Yeah. But then you're like, wait, I'd rather like prank people together like getting a fake fight at a Walmart yeah and if it doesn't work with him with this person I'm currently seeing I'm like whoa but now I remember how I was supposed to be treated Mm -hmm. right which was as a real legitimate human yeah who someone was nice to which it's so sad that that had gotten so far <laughs> yeah. away it gets, from it me. Does. It escapes you, man. It escapes you. And, you. and you develop this thing like with the self-healing thing and like working on yourself. Like the, the, the best part of it is realizing, oh, okay, I've worked really hard. I fought for this very solid foundation that I've created yes. for myself to the point where – and the personal responsibility is such a huge element of that foundation. Whatever anybody throws at me, this is not, it's not, that's not the last swindler I'm going to meet. No. You know, that's not the last piece of crap that's going to try to fucking, you know, uh, you know, take advantage of me for XYZ or whatever, you know, um, you know how to handle it. Exactly. So it's like, okay, well, come at me, life. And whatever people bring their shit towards me, if I can't see it right away, okay. And if it reveals themselves to be like, you're a piece of trash, which is going to happen until the day you die, you go, oh, okay, see ya. And, and it, you're like, oh, it's right. not me. I can get out of this situation. Okay, bye. See you never. And it doesn't wow. devastate you. Yeah. Like, I'm just no longer devastated. Because isn't, isn't, isn't wound tied. up in that. Exactly. Yeah. And I recognize, yeah, people are also so weird. Like the so way these, this great Gatsby was treating me had literally nothing to do with me. It is so sad for him. Yeah. And yeah. now I'm great. Yeah. You know? And so I really feel like all this work, you you don't do it so that you're perfect and now everything's amazing. You do it so that when the shitty situation comes up again, right. as it will, you're more resilient. You can bounce back quicker. You don't go to such a dark, especially with stuff like suicidal ideation. I don't want to go to like grim darkness mm-hmm. yeah. every time something every goes time a guy is an asshole yeah. like, I guess I'll kill myself it, which no, can ain't happen. nobody want to be in that exactly yeah. it's like you gotta you gotta take yourself out of that yeah. well I think that's out the biggest that problem and that's like one of the hardest things to get out of is like having your entire like demeanor and mood change depending on how a significant other or a mm. partner uh, or someone you're interested in is treating you totally because oh, yeah. even I'm guilty of that and like uh uh, it's like how do you how do you get around that you know yeah absolutely and I hope that like the stuff we're all doing is like building enough self worth like yeah. building enough internal safety that this kind of stuff just doesn't rock the boat as much like it definitely still does right. for me but so much less yeah, yeah. than it ever huge. has before huge. huge and I know that as I'm on this path that it, it can only get better in that way because I I look at the data points yeah. like. 25 to now is a completely different state of mind and I'm excited for how I might grow 
you know, more and who I might grow into. Yeah, that's great. Congratulations on working on yourself. That's awesome. Thank you. Congratulations on working on yourselves. It sounds <laughs> like you, you too have been a lot of crying. on the journey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have been. Um, did you have any more questions? You no. Want to ask? Um, so where can people get the book? Is it out now? Is it this yes. episode is going to be coming out on Luminary this Friday and then Excellent. why release the following Friday? So, yes, this book is out now. You Yay. can get it anywhere. Books are sold. Amazon, your local indie, um, anywhere. Okay, great. And then um, what's your social media if you want to promote that? Yeah, um, I'm Tara Schuster on the gram. Sweet. And I have a newsletter where people can really talk to me, um, which you can get by texting 66866, oh, texting the word glow to 66866 or just off my website. But um, I love the newsletter and I hope people will join me there. Yeah, get this book, everybody. Buy it. I recommend from a local bookstore, but I know Amazon sometimes. You got to do it. You got to do it. Sometimes you got to do it. It helps Tara. So that's that's awesome. Uh, This has been Guys We Fucked, the anti-slut shaming podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. Guys We Fucked is presented by Luminary. Created and hosted by Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson. Editing and music coordination by Mike Coscarelli. Theme song by Rob Patterson and Jake Cozen. Suck my wet ass pussy. <laughs> Christina said to cut that before, but now it's in there. Yeah, let's keep it. Who cares? episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com.